Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And this is episode five. And in this episode, we're going to be interviewing Mandy, who's going to tell us about her story. We did, uh, we looked at mine uh, last week. So now it's Mandy's turn. And this was really to give people an opportunity to kind of get sort of get to know us a bit more and understand where we're coming from um and hopefully you know some of these things will resonate with you and and make sense and be helpful and um just like to say thank you mandy for talking to us because like we were talking about sort of other people who've gone before telling their stories and their sort of truths and it it is brave and it is a bit nerve-wracking so thanks love yeah okay Feeling the nerves, but I'll be alright. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we'll start with the first question, and we we looked at mine uh, going back to the past. So, wh- when did you start drinking? Okay, well, I had to um, actually check this with a few of my childhood friends because when I was kind of looking, trying to do the timeline, I was sort of was like, yeah, were we really that young, kind of thing? But. Um, I think I, I mean, I definitely drank a couple of times at the end of primary school, so like um, 11, 12, just kind of rebellious, kind of what is this stuff in the cupboard. Um, And then, I mean, we really started drinking on a regular basis when we were 14, um, 13, 14. So that was when we started sort of having parties. um, And yeah, I mean, it was just really normal at that time where we were growing up, I never kind of questioned it. Obviously now when I tell people that, they kind of find that quite shocking. And they're like, that's not normal. (laughs) And you know, my husband often says like, um, you know, starting that young, I think has a real impact on your kind of brain health. And um, he certainly didn't start that young. So yeah, and then it kind of really quickly escalated sort of between, 14 through to 18 you know like um we started going out more got really into kind of music um started with bands kind of indie bands going to you know pints of cider and indie bands at the weekends and then quickly into kind of dance music um sort of free house parties raves uh, festivals stuff like that so from my kind of uh, late teens through to my 20s i was actually kind of very much in the dance scene so kind of um, quickly kind of progressed to taking uh, sort of uh, party chemicals alongside that. So I didn't actually really ever drink, uh, just drink um, from kind of the age of like 15 through to about, well, through to my 30s really, through to, no, through to my late 20s. Um, So yeah, it was a bit of a shock when I just, when I sort of stopped, stopped partying partied less and then just started drinking more because um, I couldn't really handle it and I was actually never really very good at drinking um, my first experience I remember of sort of going out on a Friday night and and drinking you know red wine um, binge drinking red wine and then being so sick and just sort of you know the room spinning and being sick in my bin and you know that sort of disgusting Thing. I was just never really good at it and and actually looking back um, I did kind of I had quite a lot of rules with myself I was quite kind of nervous about stuff and I was quite um, observant back in those days um, like I stopped drinking white wine you know really young because it made me really angry and I used to kind of get into fights and and fight with my friends and I had a lot a lot of anger at that time and I was very very um, unconfident so yeah um I so I didn't drink uh white wine for many many years because it didn't suit me um and again with drugs I you know had friends in the business as it were so I was always um very conscious of what I took and and how much and where it had come from and um and quite kind of a conscientious sort of uh taker um, which is quite paradoxical because um, at a later time when I was a mum, I drank very sort of hazardously. Um, but I guess that was kind of due to sort of my my mental state at that time. So yeah, pretty young. Yeah. So did you have um, you know? There's a couple of things there, but I suppose 
did you have early signs of problematic drinking looking back? Could you spot a, a time when you thought, actually, apart from the white wine, you know, anger thing, were there any other bits? Yeah, I mean, I had kind of that time sort of in our, our teens was quite traumatic. There was a lot of stuff that happened kind of at the end of, you know, sort of 18, 19. Uh, and we, you know, we were in a kind of my friendship group sort of meant everything to me we were very very kind of solid and there was a lot of stuff going on and um and then I kind of went to university and I had kind of there was sort of unresolved kind of issues that I hadn't dealt with and um and at that time I had a really nice um boyfriend who was you know was just like a, a mate really and we just used to watch movies together and he was just a really nice person and I'd had quite a lot of sort of nasty uh, boyfriends and um and when we split up, I kind of realised that, you know, I, it, it wasn't my, the love of my life and we weren't going to, you know, stay together forever. And, and, I, and I finished the relationship and that was when I think I was 22. And, um, and at that time I drank pure, like pure sort of sadness drinking. And I used to go to the shop and buy like a bottle of wine and, and, and drink it, you know, whilst crying and it was very that kind of medicative kind of drinking and now looking back I think that was very much like oh you know I, I used alcohol mm. and and I was extremely anxious um and I you know I, I wonder how bad my mental health was as a teenager I was you know extremely kind of mm. off the rails and and I do kind of look back now and go god was I actually ill you know because I had um I had alopecia when I was 18, you know, when you lose your hair due to stress. I had like a, a bald patch, which not many people knew about because I could, luckily it wasn't that big and I could just sort of put my hair up and no one would know. Um, I used to get really bad like IBS when we went out on a Friday night and I would like have to go run to the toilet when we got into town, you know, my friends were like, what's she doing? It's just like, I'm sorry, like, you know, I had really bad stomach cramps and, you know, that kind of anxiety and, um, and so certainly, yeah, it was definitely a lubricant for me. But I actually didn't really like drinking, and I, and that's what's so sort of, you know, I was much more happy with things that I could control, and I never really liked the feeling of being out of control. So my sort of heavy binge drinking was was kind of set on a level by doing sort of other things. And actually, I used to kind of you know we'd, if we'd go to sort of raves and stuff like that I would drink water a lot of the evening um so my binge sort of early binge drinking stopped quite early you know um and then came back at a later point so but yeah I think I definitely had that kind of drink is medicine um mm. as an early, early sign of yeah that you were yeah. like you said like me I you know we both had that thing about using it rather than it mm being something else and that that's quite interesting isn't it because I kind of worked that out from talking to you um yeah about... and I think um sorry, sorry. just to say mm. that, that I think I've, I've that's very British like mm. since living in France I've, I've noticed that that um you know the French they don't do that you know that kind of like oh you've had a hard day I'll like have a glass of wine to take the edge off things you know that I kind of grew up with and that was very it's a very British thing to just be like oh you know let's go down the pub and have a pint and talk about it or let's talk about it that kind of you know that that anxiety of, of British kind of uptightness it's like let's lubricate it over a glass of wine and you know all heartache is kind of solved at the end of a bottle and and, mm. and in, in France I've, I've really never seen people using alcohol in that way it's like it's very much about sort of there are problems with alcohol in, in France for sure um, but it's very much about like you know you're having a nice dinner and you're having wine to accompany what you're eating and that's the kind of fundamental rule of drinking rather than we're, yeah. we're drinking to like get trashed or to be make happy ourselves or feel be, better yeah mm -hmm. make ourselves better or whatever so what um yeah. did so when did it then escalate and I suppose towards the question did you have a kind of rock bottom when yeah. did it become apparent that that was kind of coming to the foreground of the issue for you? Um, well, again, now I kind of question whether I did have postnatal depression or whether I had like an old school kind of nervous breakdown or, I mean, it was, 
it was put to me that I had I was in burnout, which is kind of the new term for um, for I guess a nervous breakdown. Really, you know, um, I had two kids quite close together. Um, I was living in another country. Um, I went back to work, and I just when my when I first had my daughter, I just so much stuff from my past kind of came bubbling back, and and I loved this little being so much, and I was absolutely terrified um, that I was going to be a bad mum and I couldn't understand why I'd done all the things and all the things that had happened to me in my life had happened um, and you know I come from a loving family so it's like how how have I done all these things you know and the danger that I put myself in and how can I prevent my you know this happening to this gorgeous beautiful little baby and and then I had my son, and so they're 19 months apart. So, uh, and it basically all just got too much. And you know, I turned 30, so it's like 2010. Um, loads of little things happened. My parents moved from where I grew up to London, and so that kind of connection with my hometown, which had been really, really important to me, was broken. And um, and I just completely lost my identity and um, my husband was away a lot and, and so I was just grasping at straws and, and drinking became me again, you know, it's like I, that was my way of like finding my youth and who I was before and and also a lot of my friends didn't have kids, so I was one of the first, so I had my daughter when I was 26 my son when I was 28 so a lot of my friends were still partying quite hard mm. and so when I see them it was like I would fall back into that role and and it kind of I guess from 2010 uh, through to 2013 like I was trying to stop drinking and I was drinking a lot and you know my diary entries were very much about right you know I'm going to stop this and I'm going to do that and being unhappy about weight and being unhappy about my behaviour and I had a lot of rage against the kids and I just felt like a terrible, terrible mum and um, and the more I drank, you know, it was very self kind of, um, what's the word, um, very self-abusive, oh, well, very no. self-abusive, you know, it's like I was, <clears throat> I felt shit about myself and I felt like a bad person so I did stuff to myself to make myself feel mm. even worse um, and it was much easier to feel bad than it was to feel good you know and I can remember people saying at that time like you are a good mum and I was like that's bollocks like and I you know looking back to the, the parent I am now I wasn't a good mum like I, my priorities were lot like uh, the love was there you know I mm. absolutely loved my kids but I was not capable of, of looking after myself properly and I was mm. not capable of looking after them and so, yeah, rock bottom, I had quite a few. Um, I went to, I had kind of a mad summer, 2013. I went to a couple of music festivals. So again, kind of acting like an 18 year old. Um, I ended up uh, in A&E um, in a blackout and I don't remember how I got there. Um, so that was pretty terrifying. Um, and you know, and that that time, the friend I was with, she sort of kept saying to me, "Mandy, you've got to stop telling people you're a parent." And it was like, "Why?" And then it was that kind of because you know what you're doing is not appropriate. But it was like, well, if I can't, you know, it was kind of this joke. It's like mother of two, you know, this kind of guilt over what I was doing. And it was just like, well, then I shouldn't be fucking doing it, you know. This has got to stop. And then like, and I just was so obsessed with like having party time it's just like come on let's just get on with it and just forget about everything and and so I think the darkest kind of moment was at Christmas and um and everyone was really tired and we'd had quite a heavy boozy night and I was just like why isn't anyone drinking and you know and there was this sort of really beautiful red wine and people hadn't finished their glasses and I just couldn't understand it and so I just basically like finished everyone's glasses so just sort of took them one by one into the kitchen was just like why are they wasting this wine and and then I was like yeah this is this has got to stop so that was the night that I often I mean I've done it before but you know that I found soberistas and I, I blogged for the first time and 
Mm. And like you said last time, I'd sent, said to my husband so many times, like, that's it, I'm not drinking again. And then I would drink. And um, and I said to him, you know, I kind of, you know, just looked him in, in the eyes and was like, I need to stop drinking. Mm. And he was like, okay, you know, thank God. You know, he was really supportive and was just mm. like, all right, you know, like, um, you can do this and that's cool and we'll get through it and... Yeah, and then I just kind of blogged, <laughs> blogged, and blogged. <laughs> uh, and then I started, um, you know, I was already in therapy. I'd started um, cognitive behavioural behavior therapy. What I didn't say is after I'd ended up in A&E at that festival, I came kind of back home at the end of that summer and I tried to kind of quit everything. So I quit smoking, quit drinking, uh, quit going out, you know, that was, and I basically went cold turkey and... Um, mm and had a really, really, really bad panic attack. Um, and I don't know, you know, if people don't really know what panic attacks could be like, um, that one was, you know, I was hallucinating and there was blood running down the, the walls and I thought there were monsters under the bed and it was pretty, pretty fucking extreme. And so my husband took me to the doctors and he had to actually translate for me, which is quite a major thing to go through with your wife to sort of tell the doctor and he was like reading all this stuff you know uh you know my wife feels suicidal uh my wife doesn't think she's a terrible mother my wife uh hates herself you know it's quite a thing to go through um and so the policy in france which is really amazing is that you can't treatment is always um dual so they will give you antidepressants if they think you need them but you have to kind of have therapy alongside. So at that point I started, I was still drinking at this time. At that point I started cognitive behavioral therapy and antidepressants at that time. And that was kind of in September. And then it took me through till December to kind of go, well, I'd done all that other work and then mm -hmm. kind of realized that drinking was one of the things that I had to, mm -hmm. had to change. So yeah, so that yeah. was that point. <laughs> Blimey. Yeah. And I just feel like it's, you know, when you're talking, I'm just like, oh, God, I really kind of get that whole, it's really painful, though, isn't it? Like that whole just getting towards the end of the drinking and realising that you've just got to stop. And <laughs> I don't know, that's why I'm always like, you know, when I when I meet people and we, like I would say, this one's so brisk, it's like, I just feel like people are really brave. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, because... It is just, you just get to that point, don't you? You're just like, that's just got to stop. But then you get to that point and then you're like, but I haven't got the tools to stop. How do I stop? Yeah. Blimey. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I, I first logged on that, so I think it was de December the 27th, I think it was. Uh, and I didn't actually manage to stop uh, until, I think it was uh, April. Yeah, April. Um, so, you know, even when I started, like, it wasn't straightforward. It wasn't like, okay, that's it, I'm done. You know, mm. I was kind of blogging my way through and then I'd have, like, um, you know, I'd fall off the wagon and be like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. And luckily, like, no one sort of turned their back on me. They were just like, you know, just get back on the horse mm. and just keep going. And, and so, yeah, and then I, I sort of completely stopped. I done the kind of mind training stuff mm -hmm. um, by April two thousand and two thousand and thirteen. So I didn't drink between April two thousand thirteen and April two thousand and fourteen. And so, so what about the um, you know the first three months? If you take it from the period where you went, okay, I'm gonna and stop, and then that that period of sobriety. What what? How did you? How did you do that? Um, yeah, well, I mean, as I said, the beginnings were kind of, um, I had a lot of stopping and starting. You know, there was stopping and starting before actually admitting that I really want, that I had to stop, and then the stopping and starting to try and really mm -hmm. ingrain some, some new sort of habits in my, in my head. Um, I kind of, um, I had a rich, I think you have to break your habit, your habit, your habits and form new habits so my kind of um my routine was that I would like start running a bath a really 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 hot bath um about half past six um so the kids would get out of the bath 
drain the baths, you know, start getting them ready for, for bed, rerun the bath really, really hot. Um, so that would give me enough time to read the kids' stories, um, get them in bed, say goodnight, and then by the time that you know that was done, the bath would have cooled down enough for me <laughs> yeah. to get in. I love that. Um, I love the detail of that. I understand yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, but it was, you know because it, you do kind of have to be quite robotic. It's just like okay, mm. and this is gonna, and you have to kind of prep it. Yeah, you know, because otherwise it's so easy just to go uh, and then you just sit on the sofa and then you go back into the old mm. routine of like getting a glass of wine. So it was like, uh, so then I'd literally just take my, you know, clothes off, put the radio on, listen to Radio 4, get in the bath with lavender and then go to bed. And that was mm. basically what I did for the, and, and you know, go on Soberistas and, 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 and watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watch Abbey. Um, yeah. So I, that was the kind of the tendency, and it was that thing. I mean, it's just those first steps of looking after mm. yourself, basically, after years of self abuse, and that's what I, you know, I was in. It was that I didn't feel worthy of anything good or any love or any sort of looking after, um, and so it was really sort of baby steps of just going you know right wash yourself yeah you know um clean your teeth um and I'm still working on that now you know I've just started wearing lipstick and I mean you know it's taken years I've wanted to wear lipstick probably for I don't know 10 years but it's just like no I'm not worthy of this sounds so ridiculous but it's like Mm. no I'm not worthy of that now it's just like yeah I'm, I'm gonna those those (laughs) things are like little um demonstrations of of self-care though aren't they i know what you mean Mm. like and and often that's a good place to start so yeah and uh you know at the beginning i was i I saw my my cbt therapist every week um at at the beginning um and then it was every two weeks and then once a month so i was you know kind of being looked after in Mm. that sense um and just yeah tried to take it really slow and i and i read a lot and mm. when i read uh lucy rocker's the sober revolution book that kind of you have to find what works for you but that really helped me in terms of that brain switch of just like reframing things to be like how much am i gaining and how mm. much am i losing mm. and i still use that technique all the time it's like yes it's you know it's friday today I mean, I don't miss drinking at all now. I, I have no desire to drink. But it's like, it's still Friday, you know, which can be a massive trigger point for people. But I just, for me, it's like, I get to wake up tomorrow morning and feel good. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> That's where my brain goes, you know. Mm. And, and it hasn't, it's been hard to stick to that. And, um, and that still kind of, I still find, you know, how I went back to drinking really bizarre um do you want to tell us a bit about that what what kind of led to that yeah I mean I to be honest I still don't really know like um I was so happy and you know luckily I've with when you do blog you have kind of a diary basis so I can Mm. look back and sort of see and and also I've kind of got like um Instagram photos and you know I I remember it distinctly like that joy of making it to a year and I remember, like, I took the kids swimming, which was something that they wanted to do all the time, but I often failed at because I was hungover, or I did it and it was just hell because I didn't have the patience to kind of deal with swimming pools. I don't like swimming pools at the best of times, but they absolutely love it. Um, so I had a really joyous experience, swimming pool experience, and we came home and we had, like, hot chocolate and um, baguettes with salted butter and jam and mm. you know I just and it was just <laughs> wicked and it was like I remember just saying you know I had no guilt about having that food because I knew like I'd lost weight and I knew that like you know I wasn't drinking so I was all those empty <laughs> calories is gone and it was just you know and and then something I think it was about a week later I think it was a comment someone made about how like about moderating and something just clicked in my head and I think because I was so happy and doing so well I was mm. just like oh, yeah I, I could do 
you know, it's like, yeah, like, of course. And so, and I remember my husband being really shocked and he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, we're just going to drink every now and again. And he was just like, mm. you know, never one to sort of tell, I'm not good at people telling me no. So it was just like, he was just like, okay. And then, yeah. And then I just sort of had a few drinks every now and again and, you know, that was fine. And, and then gradually it kind of built up and, and then, and then I, so I quit again and, and every time I quit, I was absolutely, this is a thing cause mm. to have to quit. You have to be completely convinced you it's for life. So I'd be like, yeah, no, sorry about that. Like it's done just a little blip. And, and I'd write on soberistas and be like, hi back, had a little bit of a blip, but it's fine. You know, this is life choice mm-hmm. forever. And then something else would happen, like a li- just little changes, I guess, in your habits. Like we moved and, and that was kind of my big thing that, you know, I'd had this period of depression and everything had been really hard. And so we kind of looked at our life and realised that we didn't have to stay where we were. And my husband worked away, so it was just like we could move. And so it's just like, okay, dream, you know, my dream, our dream had been to live by the sea again and have you know our kids grow up by the sea so it's just like we literally just put a pin in the map and was like yeah that place has got five beaches let's move there so I quit my job and my you know just we sold a house packed up just like yeah okay and that was that was gonna be you know solve everything basically and so I when I arrived here I, I wasn't so that was like two and a half years ago I wasn't drinking so I'd and then it was just like uh, no one knows who I am and I don't know who, who I should be friends with and you know those people are like look like me but they're like drinkers and and so yeah I kind of did a lot of going back to drinking to kind of fit in and mm-hmm. to please other people and I, I really was convinced that my husband liked me more when I was drinking and it's taken sort of two and a half years uh, and me having to sort of say to him which one do you prefer? And him saying, I prefer sober you because you're happy. And me going, really, you know, are you sure? And him going, yeah, like the other one is, me- <laughs> is mental. <laughs> Just like, uh, you know, and I guess if you are a people pleaser or you do lack kind of self-confidence or you need affirmation from others, you know, it did take a bit of time to be like, oh, okay, I can be sober and it's, you know, not everyone's going to hate me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's a whole waste of time. You know, I wish I could say that I was sort of five years sober now because I've been on this journey for five years, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, I what I did this time was um, I built a massive, massive kind of, uh, what's the word, um, Oh, I lost the word. Um, like I basically threw myself into the sober community, like yeah, like a network. I, yeah, I was just like, right, if this is going to work mm. this time, and I need to have friends, I need to not be able to get out of it. Like I need to, you know, have people all around me that would be like, uh, what? <laughs> you know, mm. you can't go back to drinking, kind of thing. Like. Um, can't think of the word. What you, you put you, you made yourself visible and therefore accountable, I suppose. Accountable, that's yeah. What I'm for. So yeah. yeah, people who will call you yeah. on it. That accountability is massive, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry, carry on. No, 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 that was the word I was looking for, mm. yeah. So um so yeah, last summer there was just I I'd got into this this kind of um cycle where my my way of dealing with drinking and being social was like okay I'll drink until I can't drink anymore because my insomnia was so bad and because I felt so shit and then I'd take a break and then when I felt better I'd go back to drinking so that was kind of my solution it was like okay that's how things gonna work uh, and then last summer like just times without boundaries are just uh, it's just exhausting to me and you know mm. we had like I, you know, I'm very fortunate that I don't work in the summer, so, you know, I, I kind of finished in, in May, 
my work until September and so there's just sort of no reason not to sort of not drink and so Mm. it's just like you know drinking goes up from just weekends to pretty much daily and then you're on holiday and you do drink every day and I was just knackered and I just didn't want to but I did and then that kind of cycle and then um and then we were on holiday in Spain and my my son he um he jumped in the swimming pool and smacked his head on the on the the swimming pool cover uh, and he like he like got massive kind of gash on his eyebrow basically and so we had to take him to A&E in in Spain and you know he was okay he's got like a scar but it was pretty like dramatic and could have been a lot worse if he'd like jumped and hit his head back um and we we weren't drinking but we had we were just sitting down to have like the aperitif just have a glass of wine you know whilst cooking the barbecue we just sat down and and so we were next to the pool you know it was just that moment of just like that was just that was just too close and it Mm. was just like i can't cut the sliding doors sort of thing yeah Mm. yeah it was just like no and my you know my husband said to me like thank god you know we hadn't had a drink and i was just like yeah and I'd always, my thing had always been, like, if I wake up again at four o'clock in the morning with insomnia, that's it, I stop. And that's that was my cut-off point every time, you know, when I was moderating. And so I did, like, two days later, I sort of woke up at four in the morning and we had this amazing view in Spain and over the sea and just thinking about that situation and thinking about that miscommunity of not being involved and not feeling proud of myself like I did when I was sober was just like you know what I'm I'm kind of I'm done I'm really done really done this time Mm. I really am done but it's like once you've told everyone that you give up and then you go back to it it's Mm. it's quite hard you know to be like oh yeah no no no. like it's definitely done this time and Mm. I think that stops people kind of getting sober too because once you said it so many times it's like it becomes quite empty Uh, that's why it's really hard to get back on it isn't it yeah did you find because I I found it sort of lost its power it's a bit like what Alan Carr says Mm. like you can I I do I it takes a lot to anyway sorry this is your story not mine yeah no 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 (laughs) um, and that's why it was kind of that's why I sort of started um, Instagram because you know when I went back to kind of soberistas it was like it moved on so much I didn't know who anyone was and like and I felt like I needed to you know find my identity again and and you know luckily Instagram has been really really positive for me and I've got like really nice group of um, women in America that you know it's just crazy like you know we've just connected and we're all very different and you know we've had that sort of um, connection which has been great and then you know I did find my kind of niche again in Soberistas which which was great and we found each other thank god and um and now like you know I kind of interact a bit with club soda and I I just knew that I had to make it more than just me like I had to give back I had to have that kind of interaction Mm -hmm. um you know I've always been someone that's had quite been quite moralistic and always been quite sort of you know interested in issues and you know quite political and so I had to find that kind of click just to be like, yeah, this, this actually means something to me, mm. you know, and this, this kind of mummy culture, you know, it's, it, there's things that are, are going wrong here, you know, mm. and if I can use my voice to kind of help people and just be like, look, you know, I'm just an average Joe and this is my life and, um, and this is, you know, cause I just thought it was, I, I was doing a normal thing and, and, and also, I just didn't realise how much my drinking was affecting, was doing the opposite of what these wine memes and wine mm. o'clock were saying. You know, it's like, I wasn't a better mum because I was having a glass of wine to take the edge off. I was worse, you know, like mm. I was not, a lot of that sort of patience and that kind of frustration and, and also just not living in the moment and enjoying being a parent. Like, I just hated it. I just wanted to... to you know be young and free again I just wanted to like and, and now it's like I, I you know obviously my kids are a bit older now which makes parenting a bit easier but you know I just I appreciate that this is 
I'm not a teenager anymore. Like I'm an adult and I enjoy being an adult and I enjoy doing wholesome things and, and I enjoy sort of spending time with my kids and being there for them, you know, and, and my patience and my kind of reaction to the situations and being able to analyze situations of, which are difficult in parenthood are 10,000 times better now that I don't drink. Mm. So, you know, yeah, I appreciate all that hugely. Mm. What about, um, what was easy that you thought was going to be difficult about it? Um, weddings. (laughs) (laughs) I have always really struggled with weddings. Some of my worst um shameful kind of drunken moments are at weddings i think there's something about the anxiety the the drink on tap Mm. like oh my god just thinking about it makes me cringe Mm. like i you know i really embarrassed myself at a friend's wedding and and i had to be taken home early from one of my best friend's weddings um which just breaks my heart because i didn't get to see like the speeches and stuff like that my husband kind of just got me out the the back door um and then I went to a wedding of a really good friend last uh, year so it was in in between my moderation periods when I'd quit and um and I had the best time like you know I danced I chatted to people I could see kind of people falling you know by the wayside of like you know a couple of friends of mine got really drunk and I just, I was buzzing and, you know, I saw an ex of mine and I had quite a few things to sort of say to him and I probably got more deep than I wanted to, but, you know, I didn't have any of that anxiety or paranoia that it was because I was pissed. It was just like, well, I obviously needed to say that to him, you know, and and fuck it, basically. And um, So that was great. I mean, I did kind of hesitate um, to go and dance and my friend's um, boyfriend sort of said, man, you want to go and dance, don't you? And I was like, yeah, but I'm a bit shy. And he was like, oh, you know, come on. So he sort of just sort of took me and then like quickly left me because I was fine. And and just dancing without stumbling was just (laughs) brilliant. And, uh, you know, I just, I just loved it. Um, So yeah, um, socializing is actually easier than I expected it to be. You need to pick your kind of group it's quite you know it's quite easy in France because people are a bit more respectful kind of um and you know it's not the kind of binge drinking I mean I I still go out with friends that are you know getting really on it but I just kind of will leave at a certain time you know when they start repeating themselves that they're probably in a blackout and they're not going to remember anyway so that's kind of when I go home Mm. um uh yeah so that's socializing has definitely been easier than I thought it was and what about um how important were positive role models um uh that's that's interesting um certainly knowledge has been hugely valuable uh reading people's stories um i wouldn't say this specifically i mean i do feel quite chuffed when i read like a list of you know sober celebrities or whatever and I go oh yeah there's some really cool people you know that are doing this too um but I don't I don't particularly idolize anyone in particular I I like to get a kind of general feel and I like I don't think I'll ever get bored of listening to sort of the narrative of people's journeys I I just find it really interesting and and how they can all be so different um and all kind of ultimately come to the same decision so I mean obviously like I have to say like that you know I do feel like Soberist has sort of saved me in a lot of ways so I you know I really rate Lucy Rocker and I really you know thank her from the bottom of my heart for for writing that book and for setting up the Mm. site um yeah right yeah um and you know just no one sort of in in the spotlight particularly I mean um I, I feel like we're all equal I mm. don't feel like just because someone's written a book or because they've kind of got publicity their their story is more valid than anyone else's I, I just think you know it's great that their their voice is being heard um but yeah I mean I can be inspired by so many just 
normal women, women from different age groups, you know, some people that I've met are in their 60s, some are young, you know, like younger than me, the millennials, um, that are like drinking, not drinking just for health. Is like, mm. like a, what a about surprise. that thing about, um, you know, not maybe not the people so much, but a kind of a positive, almost branding of sobriety that start, started to happen. Has that made a big difference? Did that make it easier for you? Or you just, yes, was it just a personal, yeah? Yeah, huge, but I am quite conscious that um, because I'm in it, I see it more. And, you know, and we were talking about this the other day. I think I shared something with you the other day that was just like, you know, we kind of, we think that this, that the, 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 the conversation is huge now and it's mm. like god it's amazing and you know we're finding this language of being you know alcohol free and sexy sobriety and hip sobriety and teetotal tt you know there's all these great things happening and it's like wow you know the world is waking up and then you like see a wine meme you know that's hit like 750,000 mm, people yeah sure a million people that have liked this you know something so kind of banal and 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 negative and you're like oh mm. you've got a way to go <laughs> yeah and, and like, and like yeah. I just want to stress like I really don't like I have my opinions obviously about alcohol um but I really try not to judge and I really don't judge I mean like people do whatever they want to do that's absolutely fine um you know and every pretty much everyone I know drinks and and that's that's fine like I'm not on a mission to sort of I do think the world would be a better place if alcohol didn't exist like I don't think people would be less happy I think probably everyone would be happier if they didn't drink and but that's my opinion and I kind of keep it to myself you know like I'm not going to kind of preach, I don't preach to my husband or my family and, you know, and and I I hope people realise that, you know, we, we are just trying to find our, our place and, you know, just be proud of who we are and I think we should be able to be proud mm. to be sober um, and we're not preaching, we're just sort of saying this is this is what happened to us and, and please remember that it, it you know, it is a, a, an addictive drug so, you know, just be mm. careful kind of thing um, and what, what yeah. about um, if you could um, what would you say to yourself um, if you went back in time and when you were approaching it approaching sober life what advice would you give yourself um, yeah I struggled with this one because I went through a period where I thought like I had to completely change who I was and you know like sort of repent my my, my past yeah, you know, like, yeah yeah you know I even started to try to live this really wholesome life and kind of join like charity groups and a bit you know and then I kind of thought oh god I, I'm, I'm actually not I'm just <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, trying not to laugh at the moment <laughs> I'm not actually Mother Teresa <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and so I've you know I've kind of come to peace with that that it's like it is what it is and you know and I I have a lot to give and to to share because of you know the life that and the, the the past that I that I have um in terms of approaching sobriety I guess you know I just say like um that that some people alcohol just isn't for some people and it's not for you um, and you know I've met so many people that pretty much I'd say 98% of of my kind of contacts that I'm close to um, do suffer from some sort of anxiety or depression um, I'd say a lot of people that you know that I I know that have had problems with alcohol um, are on antidepressants or have had some sort of problems so it's not everyone but it's it's a it's a lot and not even if they've got to the point where they're um being treated but you know they certainly have some sort of anxiety and you know I just think well it's it's just not stop comparing yourself which I did all the time mm. it's just like um you know but but my husband can do this or my friend can do this or and it's just like I had to, it took so long for me to realize it's just like I'm not them you know 
and I have to make the right choice for me and for my mental state and for my brain and for my past and for all the things that's happened to me and you know even if people are telling me that I'm not that bad or I'm too hard on myself or you know like and you know it's it's not for me it's just it doesn't work for me and it will always end up in the same place that it will make me feel depressed and uh and so yeah i wish i could mm. just go back just and just i think for me the most important thing is like for, you know for kids growing up or you know for my kids it's for them just to have an option it's like i never had an option or i, I just didn't ever consider that some people don't drink you mm. know or some people will be better not drinking. I just thought that ev that's what everyone mm. does and, you know, and that's what's right for everybody, but it's 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 really not. And I just hope, yeah, that that's that's what I hope in the future, that people that don't drink and that drink can sit at the same table and mm. just be, be accepting of each other and go, that's fine, like, that's cool. Mm. You know, I It's just as you. valid choice to yeah. not do, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, you know whilst um you know that if you if you're an ex-smoker you know it's like congratulate them you know you know if you're an ex-drinker congratulate them too it's just like there's no shame it's just like it is what it is for certain people mm. um i just watched um claire cooley's uh, ted talk yesterday so that's why it's in my head and it was so good and it you know made me very emotional because it was just like yeah you know it's like it's just not for everyone and some people are going to get themselves in a pickle with it and there's no shame about that um you know it's just mm. i'm reading a book about happiness and and chemical balances in people's heads and it's just like you know what it's it just wasn't right for me mm. and i'm better without it and i'm nice without it i mean i've done so many dickish things that i wish i could take back and you know i wasn't a very nice person when i was a teenager um, because I wasn't very confident and I you know I was bullied but I did bully and you know I had so much hatred for people and so much anger um, and you know I, I wish I could go back really really go back to be honest right to the start and just go dude you know you need to you know <laughs> you need to calm this stuff down this isn't gonna help like you know go mm -hmm. do some yoga and and you know, stay involved in your books and, and so is that more like more education for kind of more awareness raising for kids and teenagers around it to see it as a drug not just as an inevitable part of adult life and those sort of strat yeah, strategies as well like communication mindfulness all of those stuff that I mean they are starting to talk about it but I do feel like when I was a kid, there was not, there just wasn't the toolbox. It just wasn't, it wasn't there. It's yeah. like there's this massive gap. We should know how to behave somehow, but also be able to use that addictive drug because everyone does. So yeah. it is, sorry, I've, I've butted in again, but. No, 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 yeah. no um, I completely agree. And, and it's, now we do sound a bit moralistic or whatever, but it's not, you know, I just, um, I, I mean, I, you know, I think anyone that was, if you locked anyone in a room with alcohol for a, an extended period of time, mm. you know, they would develop a problem with it because it is, you know, that is the nature of the substance, you know, and it is about exposure and it is about lifestyle, but it's about so many different mm. things. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, it's just, yeah, that that it took so long for me to feel valid and to feel justified in my choice and I mm. felt like I was battling myself battling the world battling you know everybody to sort of to shout out like I don't want to do this you mm. know it's not helping me and mm. and um and I wish I could go back and sort of just say to myself you know just um just give yeah give myself a cuddle and just sort of say I probably would have punched myself in the face to be fair <laughs> <laughs> um, I was never very good I'm still not very good at getting you know people letting people hug me but um yeah just stop being so hard on yourself mm. and um, give yourself a break basically and what is your um your favorite sober saying What's um that? 
Yeah, I had to write this down because I was like, I know I'll never remember one just off the top of my head. Um, so this is the one I I tell myself often, uh, and anyone who else sort of starts sobriety, I say it to them as well. Um, if you're doing the sober thing and it seems like no one gives a fuck, I do, and I think you are a rock star. Yay! Because, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> because I just feel like, yeah, there's not enough kind of validation, and you know, and it's fucking hard, and I, like, and I, I think it is a really brave and 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 great thing. And whenever someone contacts me on Instagram and they're like, I'm gonna try this out, or you know, I've got a p- couple of friends that are toying with the idea, and I just want to keep telling them, like, you know, this is bloody great, you know, just keep going and just. Um, I, I'm absolutely convinced that it is the right choice for you. So, like, just yeah, you, I think you're bloody great, and and mm. keep going, and and I'm proud of you, you know, and and to myself, you know. Yeah. I have yeah. that one in my phone, so I whenever. Like, yes, I think you're a rock star, man. You are. I love that. Yeah, all about sort of yeah, just affirmation, isn't it? And yeah. Being able, because we're in dominant cultures that don't support the choice, it's about really verbalising and being able to affirm that choice with ourselves, isn't it? So, yeah, I like yeah. this one too. Um, if you are persistent, you will get it. If you are consistent, you will keep it. Oh, because nice. That's, that's mm. the one that I needed to tell myself. You know, that, like, yeah, yeah, you need to. You need to never question the decision and just yeah. never drink again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't go back. Yeah, never yeah. go back. No. Well, thank you so much for telling us your yeah. story. That's brilliant. I'm feel honoured that you've, you know, you've shared shared it with us, and and you know, I'm just proud, really proud to know our sober sisters. Proud to know you. Yeah. I feel, you know, it's just wicked. And you're a rock star. I love it. <laughs> and um, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there. And um, you know, uh, as always, if you're concerned about your, your drinking uh, in the immediate, then you can contact drinkaware.co.uk or you can go and talk to your GP. And we'll be back next week. And in the meantime, have a great week. And we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye. Bye bye.